Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this evening, Ed Montana. As you can see, <clears throat> I have no co-pilot today. Alex is on vacation, enjoying some time with his family and friends. And so, I am by myself. I'm sorry, I just heard some rumbling outside. I don't understand fireworks. Does anyone understand? Can anyone explain to me why we do fireworks, like, for Christmas, and not even when it's New Year's Eve. Like, why do we do fireworks? I don't understand fireworks. I grew up in New York. Fireworks was strictly a July 4th thing. But apparently down here in Texas, they do it whenever they want. Um, okay. I don't see the point. I'm not a big fireworks fan in general. But I certainly don't see the point when it's not July 4th. Hey, fireworks people, it's not July 4th. I don't care about your fireworks. It's not July 4th. Stop it with the fireworks. In fact, it's not any day. Today's December 30th. <clears throat> Don't understand it. But anyway, <clears throat> back to the podcast. Welcome to episode 108 of the Positive Sports Podcast. Like I said, no Alex today. So you get a light version of the Positive Sports Podcast, which this time of year is kind of right. You know, like if you work a regular job Monday through Friday, you know, 9 to 5 or whatever, you know, it's, this week is kind of a nothing week, right? Even last week with Christmas in the middle of it, there's not a whole lot going on. Everything's a little bit light. Traffic's a little bit lighter. Work's a little bit lighter. People, There's not that many people at the office. So it kind of just uh, matches the general holiday vibe around here where it's just me today. Sorry. This is all you get. <clears throat> Positive sports light, as I like to call it. But positive sports nonetheless. So we just, it's December, it's Monday, December 30th. And like I said, <clears throat> we have finished the 2019 NFL football season. And yesterday was quite an exciting day. Not every division, not every playoff spot was up for grabs. There was some stuff that was already kind of taken care of. Uh, so it was a little bit... Um, you know, there was, you had to pick and choose your games, right? There were some games that mattered, some games that really didn't. Um, I'm sure not many people cared about the Cleveland-Cincinnati game, but Freddie Kitchens did. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But some stuff did happen that, that really will have an impact going forward uh, in the playoffs. And we'll start with the AFC. The biggest surprise in the AFC was the Dolphins coming back to win at New England and pushing New England down to 12-4 and four and in a tie with the Kansas City Chiefs for that second uh, seed. And the Chiefs have the tiebreaker. So the Chiefs, by virtue of their win yesterday to also make it to 12-4, and four, they got the two seed and the bye. So New England will have to play on wild card weekend against one of the wild cards, uh, the worst of the two wild cards, which is the um, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans were were in a win and in situation yesterday. They uh, had to come down to Houston and play the Houston Texans. Now, I'm not going to say anything about the Texans. You guys know I've been going on and on all season long about they're the best and the and the worst all at the same time. But yesterday has nothing to do with that. Um, they sat most of their starters. Uh, they you know they made sure Deshaun Watson was healthy. Um, so he didn't play, and several other players did not play. The good news out of Houston, 
just to digress a little bit from the playoff talk, is J.J. Watt has made it back to practice. So that's a good sign for them. That will give their defense a boost, and it will certainly give their running defense uh, the biggest boost, which they need uh, going forward. And, you know, it, it's it's a big deal. They've got a tough game next weekend. But back to Tennessee. Tennessee, most important thing for them was to win the game and make sure that they made it to the playoffs. <clears throat> now, apparently one of their secondary goals was to get Henry enough yards to win the rushing title. And while I think that's an admirable goal, I disagree with Mike Vrabel on this one. Uh, the game was pretty much out of hand. Uh, not out of hand. I mean, the, the Titans had a good lead uh, in the fourth quarter, about four or five minutes left in the game, and he needed about 20 yards, and he kept him out there. Personally, I wouldn't have done it. Henry's had some issues with it. He's been battling a bit of a hamstring issue the last couple of weeks. And I wouldn't have that guy out on the field any more than I needed to. And at that point, I don't feel like he needed to. Now, he broke off a 50-yard run and got plenty of yards to win the Russian title. But he was a workhorse yesterday. And I don't know, you know, you never know which run is going to be the one that could cause an injury. But... Certainly, you don't leave him out there any more than you have to. And I felt like it was a poor decision on his part to try to get him the rushing title. Look, as a coach, I understand you want to give you want to give your players every opportunity to get all of the accolades that they deserve. And I'm sure that Derrick Henry is a very deserving uh, AFC rushing champion. But if he didn't get it because you're worried about next week, I'd be okay with that. I'd be a okay with that. Um, it was it, it was it's more important to be ready for next week and the playoff game that you have to go play in New England than it is to win a rushing title for Derrick Henry. So, uh oh, the dog got out. We got all kinds of problems here today. <laughs> And I don't know if you can hear it, but we got fireworks going off. I do not understand the fireworks thing. No one is going to be able to explain this to me because I think it's dumb. Anyway, back to the Titans. The Titans, um, you know, they've got bigger fish to fry. They've got a, a wild card game against the New England Patriots in New England. And look, New England hasn't been great this year, uh, but they're still 12-4 and four for a reason. They're still a damn good football team, and you need... All of your bullets in the chamber. And that means a healthy as can be Derrick Henry. So, I disagree with Vrabel's decision to run him to the very end of the game and, until he got the uh, AFC rushing title. I certainly do, I certainly hope it doesn't come back to bite him in the butt. I hope Henry is healthy because I think that's going to be a very competitive game. The Bills, uh, they lost a meaningless game to the Jets. Uh, but they, I think, rested a lot of their starters as well to give them kind of a quasi-bye week before having to go, uh, having to come down to Houston to play the Texans. Uh, so the Texans kind of had a quasi-bye week, and the Bills did the same thing uh, with the Jets, and so they will meet on Wild Card Weekend as well. Should be a very interesting matchup. <clears throat> the, um, the Ravens are your number one seed, so the path to the Super Bowl will go through Baltimore. And the Chiefs, as I mentioned earlier, 
are your two seed. They will play the uh, highest rated team to survive wildcard weekend. The Ravens will play the worst rated team. So that's what we have in the AFC. Uh, the Steelers couldn't win against the Ravens, even when, with the Ravens sitting a lot of their starters. But look, the Steelers were, have been ravaged by injuries throughout the year. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. I think it's a shame. Uh, Mike Tomlin really won't be given enough credit, I think, for the job he did this year. That team was absolutely decimated by injuries. They were down to their fourth-string quarterback, I believe. It, it's just... It's too much in the NFL. You in the NFL, you gotta you gotta have a good quarterback. And when you go to your backup, you're in trouble. When you go to your third string, you're in big trouble. And when that guy's hurt too, I mean, it's just it's unfortunate. But to get them to eight and eight, all things considered, I think was really an amazing job on his part. And kudos to him. We won't see him in the playoffs, but it is a it is a shame because he's he's I think he's done a tremendous job with that team this year. Uh, other items of note, um, you know, the Jets finished seven and nine. Uh, the Dolphins, who we thought were far and away the worst team in the NFL, finished five and eleven. Had some quality wins. They beat the Patriots, who had something to play for yesterday. They beat the Eagles earlier in the season. You know, a really a much better showing from them than what we saw those first few weeks. The first few weeks, they looked like an zero and sixteen team waiting to happen. Um, so they were better than better than advertised. The Jets as well, um, you know, they, they were better than what we thought they were going to be in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, the Colts. Look, the Colts were dealt a raw hand with the with the whole retirement of Andrew Luck right before the season started. Uh, so it was going to be tough for them. Seven and nine is not bad. They certainly have pieces to build on on that offensive line with that offensive line as their anchor. And uh, you know we'll we'll see what they do in the off season. The Jaguars six and ten. You know, a report came out earlier this week that they're the worst franchise to play for. Uh, the Players Association is advising players to not sign with the Jaguars. Uh, they need to do some serious overhaul in Jacksonville. Um, <clears throat> it's just uh, it's a mess. The fact that they went six and ten despite all that is kind of amazing because uh, Nick Foles was in and out all year. So, you know, hats off to them for that. But really, they, they need to do a lot of uh, they, they need to do a lot of work to get themselves to where they can regularly compete uh, for a playoff spot and so on. Out west, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Raiders finished seven and nine. Uh, the Broncos, I think, are a bit surprising at seven and nine because that was not that that was not a good football team. Defensively, very good. Offensively, very limited. Uh, the Raiders. <clears throat> Honestly, the Raiders, I think, got dealt a raw hand uh, in terms of scheduling. Uh, you know, they they had to travel across the country back to back weeks. They went to London. It, it, it's a I think scheduling wise that they got the, they got a raw end of the deal, and it was tough. It was a tough season for them. Uh, but again, I think there's some pieces there. Uh, Jacobs looks like uh, a true a true you know top top of the line. Uh, running back. I'm excited to see what he's going to be like in the coming years. And then you got the Chargers at five and eleven. <clears throat> they have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, Philip Rivers. It, it may be time for him to hang it up. Um, you know, he came in that draft class with Eli Manning. 
Um, you know, and I think Eli Manning should probably hang it up. So, you know, it's getting to the point now where you gotta you gotta look to move on. I don't know what they're gonna do as far as moving on, but they gotta do something. It's not it's not looking like they've got solutions there. And then in the AFC North, <clears throat> the Cleveland Browns finished six and ten. And that to me is about right for the talent on that team. I know a lot of people were talking about they were, they were the sexy pick to make the playoffs, to make a run. They're not that good. Um, Baker Mayfield is maturing and, and going through the process, but it, it's just not that good of a team. And quite frankly, from an organizational perspective, I think they have a lot of issues. Um, they fired Freddie Kitchens last night, so they didn't even wait till Black Monday as today is referred to around the league for NFL coaches. They fired him last night. It was a black Sunday for him. Um, So that organization needs, much like Jacksonville, needs a complete overhaul. They need to figure something out because what they're doing is, is, it's just not working. It's just not working. And I don't believe that everyone in that organization is focused on winning football games. And in the NFL, where it is so so incredibly competitive, where there's a cap, where you have to you have to really you have to get the most bang for your buck at every single position, and you got to have everyone fighting for the same goal. In Cleveland, that just does not look to be the case, and they need to do something about it and fast. And the Bengals at two and fourteen, worst team in the league. Uh, there's nothing good to say for them other than they're going to get Joe Burrow, who looked like a star on Saturday uh, against Oklahoma, throwing touchdown passes every five minutes, literally. Uh, he threw seven touchdown passes in the first half. I mean, it was just insane. He had an, I think he ran one in also. Just an insane performance on such a big stage. The guy has the look of an NFL quarterback. And my guess is the Bengals will very neatly make him the very, the very first pick in the 2020 draft. <clears throat> so we'll go ahead and move on to the NFC. And in the NFC, we had several moving pieces, uh, really kind of wondering how things were going to shake out uh, with, with several situations in terms of seeding and who was going to make the playoffs. The playoffs were pretty much set. With the only um, the only variable being who would represent the NFC East. Now, for those of you that have been watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you know Alex and I have been debating this all season long. All season long, I've been saying the Eagles are the best team in the NFC East and will win the NFC East. My brother has been saying the Dallas Cowboys are the most talented team in the NFC East and will win the NFC East. Well... He's not here, unfortunately, or I would tell him straight to his face, ha ha, I told you so. Um, the Eagles won the NFC East. All they had to do was beat the Giants in uh, New York yesterday. Uh, and the Cowboys had to win against the Redskins at home and have the Giants beat the Eagles. The Giant, the Eagles went ahead and beat the Giants. The Giants gave them a good game, but it wasn't enough. And the Eagles uh, won the football game. So the Eagles will represent the NFC East at 9-7. They are 
by far the worst division winner because the other three division winners are 13 and 3 and the Eagles are a paltry 9 and 7. In fact, their record is also worse than the two wild card teams. If that gives you any indication. Uh, so it's not 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 uh, you know not, not exactly impressive that they won the NFC East. Uh, it really uh, this season was really poor for the NFC East. The Giants in Washington uh, had very poor seasons, uh, and the Cowboys just gave games away. Uh, the Eagles gave some games away. The Eagles, I think, went through a lot of injuries. Look, I'll say this. I think from a talent perspective, the Cowboys may be a little bit better than the Eagles from a pure talent perspective. But the difference on the sideline in the guy wearing the headset is humongous. And it cannot be overstated. Doug Peterson is light years ahead of Jason Garrett. I don't... I don't want to bash on Jason Garrett. I feel bad for the guy because I think he gets a lot of heat. Uh, He's probably got the toughest head coaching job in the NFL. He's got the toughest owner to work for. And, you know, it's not an easy gig. But I think it's pretty clear in his years as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys that he is not the guy to take this team to another level to take this team to the playoffs, to take them on a deep run, to take them to a Super Bowl, to take them to a Super Bowl championship. He's just not that guy. Doug Peterson's already done it. He's already done it. And he did it when he lost his quarterback who was having an MVP caliber season, and he went and did it in the last two weeks of the season and the playoff run with a backup. So if that doesn't tell you that there's light years of difference in the head coaching position between those two teams, I don't know what does. But the fact of the matter is, Jason Garrett had as much talent, if not more, than the Eagles. He did not have a significant rash of injuries. And he still could not win the worst division in the NFL. The worst... Let that sink in. More talent than anyone else in the division. Not a serious amount of injuries. And could not win the worst division in the NFL. What happens if you put this team in the NFC West? With the likes of San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams. They're likely to go 4-12. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that the Cowboys did not win the division this year. It really is. The Eagles had injuries on both sides of the ball. They had a tight end playing with a lacerated kidney last week, for crying out loud. They battled injuries all year long. And everyone knows, you guys know, I'm not an Eagles fan. But my cousin Jay is the biggest Eagles fan there is. And quite frankly, he said it best. He said Doug Peterson can grab a guy out of the third row in the stands and put him in to play defense for the Eagles, and he'll do fine. And he's right. He's right. Because all season, that's what Doug Peterson's had to do. He's had to second string and third string guys. He's had to move people around on defense and on offense. He's had to find a way to get to 9-7. and 9-7 and is not worthy of winning a division. Not when you've got a team with as much talent as the Dallas Cowboys have. When you've got a team that has not gone through the injury problems 
like other teams have. A team that's been relatively healthy and talented like the Dallas Cowboys. 9-7 and seven should not win you the division. It absolutely shouldn't. I think Peterson's done a masterful job with that team. <clears throat> but I think the Cowboys just... You know, if someone asked me who won the division, I would say no one. I mean, that's kind of not fair as I think about it because I like I just finished saying Peterson did a masterful job. But I, I almost don't I almost feel like they didn't win the division. I feel like the Cowboys just the, the Cowboys didn't even lose it. The Cowboys just didn't want it. Like they didn't want to win the division. They just said, Yeah, no, we don't want you know, just leave that out there for you guys. We're gonna go play the Jets, who are not a very good football team, and we're just gonna lay an egg. Eh. I mean, it's it's amazing. We're going to go to Philadelphia with the season on the line and score nine points on an offense that has Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, uh, Gallup. I mean, a great offensive line. A Hall of Famer in Jason Witten, who amazingly is still doing the damn thing. But the guy had 60-some-odd catches, so you know I don't care how old he is. If he's getting 60 catches, he's got to be some kind of good. And you, you managed to score nine points in a game that you had to have. I'm sorry. When you have talent and you don't get decimated by injuries, it's a coaching problem. And the Cowboys need to make a change at the top. Now, the problem comes in, who's going to want to take that job with Jerry Jones constantly meddling and talking to the media and all this other stuff? You know, what, what coach worth his salt is going to want to jump in? Probably not very many. So therein lies half the problem. But when you have that much talent, and uh, and you don't, and you experience a relatively healthy season, you you got to win the division. You got to win the division. And and the Eagles, quite frankly, I don't give them much hope going forward because I think. They're still pretty banged up. They've gotten a little bit healthier here over the last few weeks, but they're still pretty banged up. I think they're going to run into some problems against some teams. Playing at home is obviously a big plus. That may get them through the first round, but they're not going to go deep in the playoffs. They're just not there this year. The Packers went ahead and won the NFC North. Uh, They had a tough game with the Detroit Lions and ended up winning the NFC North. The Vikings are your wildcard representative from that division at 10-6. and six. The Saints ran away and hid with the NFC South crown, a 13-3 record. They went to the bitter end trying to, uh, trying to secure themselves some home field advantage, and I believe they did not. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they do not have home field advantage. They will host the Minnesota Vikings who are the worst uh, wildcard team at 10-6. and six. They will host uh, them uh, this coming wildcard weekend. Seattle picks up the wildcard after they were unable to beat San Francisco in a very entertaining game last night. Came down to the final play, final inches of the game. It was really a uh, pretty, pretty exciting game. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, the Niners looked like they were just going to smash the Seahawks, but the second half came around and... Uh, the Seahawks did what they do. You know, they stay in football games and continue to work and work and work. Came close, came literally came down to the final seconds, uh, and were they were literally inches short of scoring a touchdown and possibly winning the game. 
but they will be the wild card team from the West. Uh, the number one seed will be the San Francisco 49ers after that win last night. And um, <clears throat> the uh, the two seed will be the Green Bay Packers. Like I mentioned, they, uh, they got a bye uh, into the next round. Sorry, guys. I'm just looking at some stuff. Uh, my phone. Should be a pretty exciting NFC playoffs. There are no easy outs here. Even the Eagles, who are dinged up, uh, having to go to Philadelphia for the Seahawks is going to be a tough game. It should be quite entertaining. Uh, the Vikings and Saints will be very entertaining. And then, obviously, after that, when you go into San Francisco and Green Bay, those are, uh, you know, Classic places to go to. Should be a lot of fun. Um, the NFC playoffs, I think, will be very highly, highly entertaining. Uh, as we go through the teams that didn't make the playoffs and we talk about their seasons a little bit, we'll start in the NFC East. The Giants and the Redskins did not make the playoffs. Both of them fired their coaches. Uh, the Redskins actually did it during the season. The Giants did it today on Black Monday. Uh, both teams are in need of some overhaul. I think in the case of the Giants, and, and I, I really wish Alex was here because I'd love to hear his perspective, the Giants need a complete management overhaul. I think their GM has to go. Obviously, they've gotten rid of Shermer. They need to uh, they need to completely revamp things because from a talent perspective, uh, they have not really done the best job of acquiring talent and, and putting it in positions, in the best positions to win. And that's where the coach's job comes in, and that's why he's gone. But the talent's really not has not been there. Uh, Daniel Jones looks like he's looks like he's going to be pretty good. I don't know if he's the answer or not, but it's too early to tell. And to switch out a coach after the first year, I think is going to set him back a little bit. But hopefully, if it's the right guy, Mike McCarthy, are you listening? If it's the right guy, Mike McCarthy, are you listening? If it's the right head coach, like a I don't know Mike McCarthy then you know he could progress and develop and really be that top-notch franchise quarterback that the Giants hope they drafted a year ago. But that's only going to happen if they get the right head coach like a like a Mike McCarthy, right? Um, if they get a guy like Mike McCarthy, uh, that might that might that might that might do the trick. I think uh, Mike McCarthy would be a great fit in New York. Um, the Redskins, you know, the, the rumor there is that they're hot after Ron Rivera, which I think would be a great pickup for them. And then you got to, you know, if you're Ron Rivera and you come in, you got to figure out what you're going to do about the quarterback situation. Is Haskins your guy or is he not? Um, it, during the season, I don't know if it was management or if it was Haskins, but it didn't look like everybody's all in on Haskins being the guy in Washington. In New York, it's very obvious. Everyone's in on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is the future. This is who we're going to ride with. In Washington, that's not the case. And it'll be very interesting what happens if Ron Rivera comes in. I think Ron Rivera is a great coach, but that's certainly the first thing he needs to address is, do I have a franchise quarterback? In the NFC North, you had the Bears and the Lions did not make the playoffs. The Bears finished 8-8. Eight and eight. The Lions 3-12-1. and one. I'll start with the Bears. The Bears are really disappointing. And it seems like Mitchell Trubisky took a step back this year. Now, I don't know if that's a sophomore jinx or if that's this guy wasn't that good to begin with. 
Uh, same thing with Matt Nagy. It, it looks like, offensively, that team really stalled. They still have a great defense. So I think they can certainly build on that 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm curious to see how Trubisky develops. But quite honestly, I couldn't tell you. It, I don't have a real good read on whether Trubisky's the guy and he just had a bad season and he's going to improve. Uh, or And Nagy's a good coach and he's going to get the team over the hump. I don't have a good read on it. I don't know. It'll be real interesting to see what they do in the offseason. The Lions at 3-12... and 12, the Lions have a lot of issues. Um, the, the Lions started off well, and my brother said this a lot uh, during the season, and I think it bears uh, it's worth repeating. The referees are going to cost teams games, and the referees are going to cost people jobs, and so on and so on. And I think the Lions this year are a perfect example of that. They were playing good football. They got that one game against the Packers where it felt like Every call in the fourth quarter went against them. And some of them really kind of surprisingly so. They lost that game and they went in a tailspin and really never recovered. And I think uh, yeah, I think my brother's absolutely right. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I rarely say that, but he is 100% right. And it, it did not cost Matt Patricia his job, but it certainly has him on the hot seat for 2020 in what could have been a good season. Um, they did get hit with the injury bug after that, so maybe they would have failed, or, or maybe they would have hit a tailspin later on with the injuries. But it, sometimes the NFL, it's about momentum, and you know the referees really kind of took the wind out of their sails. I don't know how else to say it. I hate to blame refs, right? But that game was a real turning point for the Lions in their season. Stafford got injured after that, and so it, I think my brother's right. And uh, the NFL, I think, has a problem when it comes to officiating. Uh, out of the four major sports, and I count hockey because I like hockey, even though we don't talk hockey a lot, uh, I think the officiating is worse in the NFL. And I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not to the same standard as it is in baseball and basketball and hockey. Uh, the officiating is just not as good. And, and they, they've got to do something different. Uh, they've got to do something to improve that aspect of the product. Because I, I think this season it did. It cost the Lions a lot of momentum. I think it cost the Lions uh, a, a better season. Now, I don't know if they would have made the playoffs or not. You know, who knows? But it, it, it cost them something for sure this season. And Matt Patricia's already been told he's coming back. I don't... I don't know that Matt Patricia is the right guy for that job. Uh, I don't know that Matt Patricia is the right. I don't. I don't know that he's an NFL coach. I think he's a. I think he's a coordinator, and I don't. I don't really see him as a leader of men. And going in that tailspin after that Green Bay game, I kind of blame on Matt Patricia. So, you know, I, I don't know if he's the answer or not. But uh, good luck, Detroit. In the South, uh, you have the Falcons at seven and nine, the Buccaneers at seven and nine, and the Panthers at five and eleven. The Panthers obviously have already dismissed Ron Rivera; they did that a few weeks ago, so they'll be looking for a new head coach. Um, that head coach is going to have to make a decision on Cam Newton, right? That's going to be the biggest problem there. You've got a gem in Christian McCaffrey, two thousand yard seasons, not in two seasons in this season, a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. 
That is quite impressive. Christian McCaffrey's the real deal. And if he were on a better team and Lamar Jackson didn't have the season he had, uh, you know, he, he probably would have been in a lot more MVP conversations this year. Unfortunately, he won't be. But he had a fantastic season. Uh, you can't wait to see what the guy does next year. It'll be re- very interesting because he did that with a backup quarterback. It'll be very interesting who the new coach is going to be and where is he going to be on the Cam Newton question. Uh, I don't know that Cam Newton wants to be in Carolina at this point, but you know we'll see. I think the guy can absolutely be a top-notch quarterback. Look, you don't make it to the Super Bowl by accident. Uh, he's he's a top. He can be a top-notch quarterback. His problem is consistency. We'll have to see that and injuries. We'll have to see if he can stay on the field and be consistent and lead the team to uh, better than a five and eleven record. Atlanta seven and nine. Earlier this year, they looked like they were going to do the swirly in the toilet, and uh, amazingly, they had a decent second half to the season. Not you know not lights out, but you know they they were not bad. And Dan Quinn. I think is going to uh, amazingly. I think he's going to keep his job. Uh, but you know they 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 went uh, you know one two three four five six seven. They lost six in a row. Seven of their first eight. They were one and seven at one point. Uh, you know and, and finished up six and two in the second half of the season. So and, and got some quality wins in there as well. They beat the Saints. Uh, you know they played the Saints close. In the second game, uh, they beat the 49ers. You know, hats off to Dan Quinn. Uh, and, you know, probably, not probably, I think definitely saved his job. Because I think there's no question that at 1-7 halfway through the season that he was well on track to losing his job. Uh, but he did a, a wonderful job in the second half of the season. <clears throat> and, uh, you know... We'll see what they do in the offseason to improve on 7-9. and nine. And then you've got Tampa Bay. Um, look, the only, the only question in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has a decent defense. They've even got a decent offense. Um, they posted a 7-9 and nine record uh, in spite of their quarterback throwing 30 interceptions. I mean, 30 interceptions. People, put that in perspective. That's almost two interceptions a game. 30 interceptions. He threw 30 touchdown passes as well. But it's just incredible that he threw 30 interceptions and they were 7-9. and nine. Uh, I, I, I can't think of another time that a quarterback's thrown 30 interceptions and made it through the season, let alone win seven games. And some of those wins were impressive. Remember, they went out to L.A., midway through the season, and absolutely beat the brakes off of the Rams. Hung 55 on him. A double nickel, as Spike Lee would say uh, when he was talking about Michael Jordan hanging 55 on the Knicks way back when. A double nickel on the Rams, who are a good defensive team. So, look, the offense is good. Um, They just got to figure out what to do with Jameis Winston. Is he going to... Look, he's not a rookie. He's not a second-year quarterback. He's been in the league a while now. Look, man, either you get it or you move on. And I think, I hate to say, I hate I hate for anybody to lose their job, but 
man, the Buccaneers got to be looking to move on. This guy, I mean, 30 interceptions, he's not, he's just not not that guy. He's just not that guy. He's not going to take you to a 12-4 and season. He's not going to get you a high, you know, he's not going to win your division. He's not going to make a run at a Super Bowl. This guy just, he's just not that quarterback. And he's going to make a great serviceable backup, but... I don't. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, and I think thirty. I said thirty interceptions. I think that kind of that seals the deal for me, man. I, I thirty is enough for me. And is there a more Jameis Winston way to finish a season than actually throwing a pick six in overtime? I mean, is there a more Jameis Winston way to finish the season? No, there isn't. And that's how Jameis Winston finished the 2019 season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Out West, you've got the LA Rams at 9-7 and seven, and the Cardinals at 5-10-1. The Rams went through a lot of injuries this year. The Rams got to find their identity on offense. Look, they play in a tough division. I get it. Four games against the 49ers and the Seahawks is rough. But... Um, you got to find something offensively. And like I said, they did go through a lot of injuries. 9-7 is a good season to build on. They were in the Super Bowl last year, so they're not a team that does not know how to uh, play big games, win big games. But they've got some work to do. They've, they've, you know, they've got offensively, they're, they're limited. Is Goff the guy? Uh, you know, you, you got to wonder at this point if he is. I know we're only one year removed from the Super Bowl, but even last year on, on that Super Bowl run, it's not like he really carried them. You know, it was a run-heavy offense and a great defense that got him to the Super Bowl. Um, and he, you know, he did a great job managing the game, and you know, he made some plays. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna completely discount him, but there's work to be done there. I think offensively, it'll be very interesting to see what they do this offseason to deal with. Look, San Francisco's got a lights out defense. You're gonna have to face that twice every year. So you gotta you gotta get better offensively, or you're never gonna get past that hurdle. And then the Cardinals, the Cardinals had a decent season, 5-10-1. They've got a rookie head coach. And when I say rookie, I mean rookie, right? No NFL experience until this year. Um, and you know, they had a rookie quarterback as well. So there's a lot of growing pains. I think 5-10-1. Uh, they were competitive in most games. They, they weren't getting their doors blown off. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, they've got a future that I think will be uh, bright. They have a lot of work to do. Uh, there's a lot of growing pains that they have to go through. I think maybe one more year of this growing pains. But if we see progress next year, things could look rosy. Kyler Murray could be the man going forward. So that's my breakdown of the NFL. Now that we've got a season uh, completed. Uh, as far as coaches go, I think, amazingly enough, uh, I think we've seen all the firings we're going to see. Uh, I, I don't think uh, anyone else is going to... Marone might get fired in Jacksonville, I guess, but, um, you know, because they need an overhaul. I don't think... Um, Obviously, the, the the one that the one that everyone's waiting to see what happens is Jason Garrett in Dallas. Uh, Marone in Jacksonville may go. Vic Fangio with the uh, 
with the Broncos, he's not going anywhere. Gruden with the Raiders is not going anywhere. Um, I think, you know, Anthony Lynn with the with the Chargers, I, I think they're going to keep him. Uh, obviously, we talked about the uh, NFC. Um, you know, I think Quinn saved his job. I think Bruce Arians in, in Tampa is fine. Uh, obviously, Carolina's looking for a guy. Nagy, I think, will get one more year. Patricia's, they've already said Patricia's going to get another year. Um, yeah, so I, I think, actually, this year's Black Monday is not going to be nearly as bad as other seasons. Usually you see like six or seven. And I guess this year we're only going to see... You got the Browns. Um, so you got the Browns, maybe Jacksonville... Uh, the Giants and Jets, so that's three. Um, the Panthers, that's four. So you're only going to see four this year, maybe five. Uh, maybe Quinn in Atlanta, but again, I doubt it considering the way they finished. So not a whole lot of NFL job openings this year. Uh, I think uh, most teams, you know, there's a lot of new guys from last year, so they're in the first year. They're, they're going to get another year, even if they... Maybe didn't do great, right? Like Adam Gase with the Jets, did the team improved? Uh, the guy in uh, in Miami, whose name escapes me, he's, he's a first year guy. Uh, they've improved. They, they'll, you know, he'll get another year. Obviously, Matt Patricia is going to get another year. Uh, Kingsbury down in uh, in Arizona is going to get another year. So there's, you know, there's a lot of guys that are, you know, first year. They'll they'll get another year. So that's the way that goes. So. That is the 2019 NFL season in a nutshell, in a 40-minute nutshell, which I guess is bigger than a nutshell. Um, I'll give you my Super Bowl prediction right now before the playoffs start. I think it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints, and it is going to be a banging Super Bowl. That is going to be... That's going to be lights out and a ton of fun. And I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. You heard it here first. Ravens and Saints in the Super Bowl. And I'm slightly leaning towards the Saints. Drew Brees going to go out with a bang. Not that he's going to retire, but another Super Bowl ring late in his career. Lamar Jackson has plenty of years to get one. So I think it's going to be Saints over the Ravens. That's my call right now. Uh, we talked about this briefly earlier. Eli Manning, Philip Rivers. I think both of those guys probably should retire. Eli Manning has said that he's not going to be a backup. So that severely limits his opportunities. But he said first first things first. He's got to figure out if he wants to play. Put his body through another season in the NFL. Uh, and then he's got to find a taker that doesn't want him to be a backup. Which I, I can't think of too many places that are going to... Uh, hand over the keys uh, to Eli Manning. He just, you know, he's 39. He's not a young guy. You know, do you really want to hand the keys over to that guy? Indianapolis seems like a nice spot. Um, You know, Miami doesn't really have a quarterback. Uh, Cincinnati, he could mentor Joe Burrow for a year. Um, Denver, he could... No, no, Denver's got young guys that they're willing to play. Uh, How funny would it be if he went to the Chargers? (laughs) Uh, Let's see, where else? There's really not many other... The Buccaneers, he could go there for a year. 
depending on who they draft, you know, and to mentor someone there. I don't know. If Cam Newton gets blown out of uh, Carolina, he can go to Carolina, but I don't know that they're going to want to do that. So there's not very many places for him to go. Um, I don't. He's not going to get the starting job in New York. The, the Giants are all in on Daniel Jones, so he may very well retire. So, and if he does, good luck to you, man. What you know, he's been a great guy. He's got two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, he doesn't have stats that'll blow your hair back, uh, but. Playing in the biggest media market there is, he pro- and two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs probably will make the Hall of Fame, and you know really just he's been a class act all along, and you know he deserves whatever he gets. He's he's done well, so he's done well for himself and the Manning name, which is you know royalty in the NFL. So that's that. Uh, as always, folks, if you want to reach out to the show, share your thoughts with us, you can. Email the show at positivesports10 at gmail.com. Positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of my brother and just chew on him for not being on this episode and making his argument for the Cowboys being better than the Eagles, even though they did not win the NFC East, you can reach him on Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. And if you want to get a hold of me and tell me that I'm absolutely crazy to think the Saints are going to come out of the packed NFC you can do so on Twitter as well, at eMontana21. Uh, looks like we've come to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. December 30th. This is the best birthday day in sports, in my opinion. Happy birthday, Tiger Woods. Happy birthday, LeBron James. Happy wor- Happy birthday, Sandy Koufax. I mean, there can't possibly be a better birthday in sports than December 30th. You've got one of the best golfers of all time, one of the best basketball players of all time, and one of the best pitchers of all time on December 30th. Happy birthday to all those gentlemen. Hope they have a great day. And you folks, we've come to the end of the year. I hope 2019 has treated all of you well. I hope 2020 treats all of you even better. And as always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.